Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. The best action that the business could do is to look at their existing customer journey and see where they are currently losing customers or they have any problems. Because there are a lot of friction and acceleration points in the customer journey. Once you start looking at it, you can apply data-driven decisions to understand how you can make it better. Every time you improve your customer journey at least by 5%, you have tremendous impact on everything down the line. The closer it is to the beginning, the more impact usually that has. There are a lot of things that you could do to improve your customer journey and make sure that they have the best pre-purchase experience and post-purchase mm. experience so that they are like surrounded and they have no way out of your business. <laughs> You're yeah. sticking around and buying, buying. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast today as my guest, Irina Podobnaya. She's the founder of TrackMage, which is software for package tracking that increases sales and customer retention by providing an outstanding post-purchase customer experience. Irina's journey started from running a fulfillment center in China for over two years without speaking Chinese. And she went on to launch a SaaS company completely remotely without any external funding and still running that successfully to this day. Imagine being part of a select community where you not only have access to our amazing podcast guests like Irina, but you also get a chance to transform your marketing and your podcast into a growth engine with a human-centered, relationship-focused approach. That's exactly what you'll get when you join the Flywheel Nation community by purchasing a digital token that will also give you access to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. We don't hold anything back. That's exactly what we do every step with every detail included. Now, with a limited number of copies available, you need to act now to seize this opportunity and take your podcast to the next level. Visit innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel and get ready to experience the power of transformation. In our conversation today, Irina talked to me about how to focus on getting extra sales from existing customers rather than just chasing new customers and ignoring the existing ones. We talked about optimizing the customer journey and how to provide an amazing customer experience throughout the entire customer journey. And Irina explained when the best time is to ask for a review. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Irina Podobnaya. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, I think my first guest from Bulgaria, from Varna in Bulgaria, Irina Podubnaya, who's the founder and CEO of TrackMage, which is a, a software that, well, we'll talk about what it does because it's a, a bit of a long explanation uh, in a moment. So welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Irina. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. 
Thank you, Jordan. And uh, I'm glad to be the first Bulgarian here. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, your your strengths are in strategic innovations and automating processes, which is dear to my heart as well, and getting extra sales from existing customers, which is something I'd love to explore some more because one of my pet bugbears is um, businesses that keep chasing new customers and and ignore existing customers because of that, um, and and they have this high churn, but also they annoy the existing customers. Often I, I'm at the receiving end of that. But anyway, before we get on to all of those things, what's the impact you're making in the world, Irina? Well, I hope it's a positive one. <laughs> I would say that uh, the impact uh, is getting people out of their uh, like boxed mentality where they only think like, like the X is true and nothing else matters. Hmm. So I'm usually, uh, when I'm hired uh, by a business as a consultant or when I'm uh, coming as part of the software as a service, uh, sometimes like, I uh, step in and have to do some strategy sessions, is always just to broaden the horizons of the businesses. So what is possible, uh, what they are overlooking right now, and what could be optimized. Because there is always room for optimization in any kind of uh, customer journey. And depending on the circumstances, uh, the, like, the smallest changes, they can result in tremendous impact on the business. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's so true. And understanding the customer journey is something you mentioned there. And, and I know you, we spoke briefly before about funnels and this concept of funnels and um, the idea that really it's not a funnel, it's a customer journey and, and it's a cycle. It's um, particularly if you consider um, customers that are potentially customers for life and you can continue to serve them and and help them in, in many different ways. So um, tell us a little bit about TrackMage, how you, um, how you came up with that idea and what, what's innovative about the service as well. All right. So actually, I didn't come up with this idea. Uh, it kind of occurred in my life uh, <laughs> because uh, the journey started uh, way back uh, when I left my nine to five and went to China to start the first business. Uh, it was quite, kind of an interesting train of thought there because we were looking for the best suppliers for the best margins. And that's how we thought that if we go to the source, to China mm. itself, we're going to have this competitive edge. Yeah. Uh, what we didn't know at that point is that uh, in business, uh, the most important part is not suppliers, not the infrastructure, not even the tools, it's the customers and the sales. So uh, that was our miscalculation. When we came to China, we just became one of those myriads of suppliers that you can find in China. And uh, we were the like, agent uh, that allowed uh, our e-commerce businesses to buy products from China and then sell to their customers in their home countries. So. Uh, th that was the first business, and that business uh, resulted in uh, us developing a lot of systems for ourselves because we had to deal with all the customer uh, communication. We had to deal with operations, with inventory management, with uh, shopping cart experience, everything. Uh, we built it ourselves, but when we left China, uh, there was no, uh, no business there. Uh, I mean, there was no business left when we left China. And then we had all those systems available and we thought that how we can uh, help other businesses that are at the same stage that we were uh, a couple of years ago or three years ago. That was this interesting idea to serve the former us uh, with the tools that we are developing. And that's how we ended up with TrekMage. Uh, so TrekMage was uh, focusing mostly on the fulfillment side and the automation of the customer experience after the purchase. Uh, so basically, TrackMage is uh, communicating with all those shopping cart solutions like Shopify, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, uh, etc., uh, and uh, allows to provide the best post-purchase experience to the customers that the store is already getting. So it's not a standalone solution; it's rather uh, an added-on okay, uh, that yeah. you can add to your current business. Yeah, and and my understanding is from a customer experience, it's the thing that will tell you. Um, Here's, here's where you can check the status of your order 
where it's at. Oh, that this, is. this is when it's expected to be delivered. Um, today it's been picked up by the, the post um, and it's now en route from China to Bulgaria and and so on. Yeah. Is that right? Exactly that. Hmm. Uh, but there is more to it. Uh, what we discovered is that customers, when we receive those notifications or those uh, emails, uh, they treat them as transactional information, not as marketing. That's why the open rates are close to 60%. For marketing emails, when you are just uh, communicating with your list of subscribers, usually the open rate is around 20-30%. So this one is like two times higher. Mm -hmm. uh, and then again, we don't have all the information about the open rates because of the... Uh, like, I mean, like Google and Outlook and other email clients, they are cutting off the pixel uh, most of the time. So we just have like this partial data, but the partial data is showing that it's 60% or more. Mm. So with that said, this is an opportunity for the business to, again, uh, build a stronger brand connection uh, with the customer and also uh, to upsell those customers with additional products. That's what all the big platforms like Amazon or eBay, they're doing. So every time when you come back to check the status of the order, you are always seeing additional products mm. that you could buy. Uh, so the, the key difference here would be that uh, when you are providing your own tracking page with your own tracking information, you can uh, be 100% sure that the customer is going to see your products, not some competitors, yeah, yeah. not some other businesses that they are going to engage with. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a, a great opportunity, isn't it? Particularly with that that big difference in open rates. So this is not a marketing unsolicited kind of marketing email. It's like I'm waiting for this information on my delivery or my product. Where is it? And at the same time, I'm then presented with other information that might be of interest to me. Yes, uh, it's basically the preventative measure uh, that can be taken to cut the customer support requests because when the customer is not aware uh, of the package status or where the order is, they are going to be always asking customer support. Uh, and those questions, they comprise up to 70% of the entire customer support volume in an e-commerce store. So if you can cut those uh, questions altogether, and then you can provide the best uh, support in those cases where the support is actually required, yeah. this is what makes the business stand out. So it doesn't have to be fully uh, manual uh, where you have to communicate to the customer, but uh, it can be automated. And while you're, you're at it, you can redirect the customers to your social media. Hmm. You can ask them to engage with other content. You can throw some special offers at them and that increases the conversion rate. Hmm. So this is basically the free uh, way how you can uh, remarket to the, mark, uh, to, to the same customers without having to pay for retargeting ads or some other things that you have to pay for unless you literally just communicate to the customers directly through their email address. Yeah, 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 I love it. And and also it's, it's another opportunity, I think, um, for example, if it's a, a, a product that needs a little bit of training or... I mean, it's it's an onboarding opportunity, isn't it? So you can send out with the status when you receive your item, here's how, you know, first thing you should do, like let's say it's an electronic device, first thing you should do is make sure you plug it into the charger until it's fully charged. It will take X, X amount of time to fully charge the device. And then when you start it up, here are the steps you can take. So you can actually um, build a lot of information so that the experience when the item arrives, the experience is going to be hopefully so much better for the customer. And that, that I think, will that's, Yeah, that's important, of course. Uh, but what we've been seeing is that uh, businesses, they add to those emails, they also add the social proof. Uh, they add mm. uh, additional good reviews from the other customers so that uh, this uh, combats the buyer's remorse. Yeah, yeah. So every time uh, the customer actually makes a purchase, sometimes they have to reconsider it or after a while they think like, why did I even buy that thing? Yeah. Uh, and then they are going to be questioning themselves. That's when the social proof is invaluable because mm. every time you show the positive experience of our customers, uh, they are uh, just taking the small step to convince themselves that the decision that they made was the right one. Mm. And while you're at it, uh, you can also collect the customer review when they receive the package. 
because that's the highest point in the customer journey, uh, especially in e-commerce. Uh, it's not that exciting to show, uh, the, like, let's say they bought a dress, uh, the dress that uh, has been worn for a few weeks. Hmm. But it is very exciting when the person just unboxes it, tries it on for the first time, sees how fabulous yeah, yeah. they are. And that's when you should collect the review. Not two weeks later, not two weeks prior, they receive the package, but just at the right time. And what we've seen is that the conversion rate for the review is five times higher than the industry average. So what we've seen is that uh, from 10,000 packages, 2,150 left a review in one of our uh, case studies. So literally every fifth customer left a review. That's uh, around uh, that's around 20% of uh, the entire shipping volume or the entire uh, the entire sales volume and that's that uh, that's the timing that is at play here because if they uh, send the request for re review uh, two weeks prior receiving the package probably uh, the customer would have forgotten that mm -hmm. they need to leave a review or it wouldn't have been sticking on their mind for the entire time to like oh when i receive a package i should leave a review yeah Customers don't do that. So, but when you time it correctly, uh, the customer receives the package, they open it, they are very excited about it, and that's when they share the experience. Yeah. That's why uh, that's, the conversion rate was like yeah, five times. That's critical, isn't it? That timing. I, and you reminded me, I've had a few um, purchases over the last month or so, and I guess it was Christmas time, so there were delays around Christmas time, but I received. A request for a review before I'd received the item and I remember each time mm, thinking yeah well I'd love to give you a review but I don't have the item yet so I can't tell you <laughs> it's uh, I don't know whether I'm going to be happy or not yes mm. uh, that, that's what has been happening to me as well uh, when there is some kind of like autoresponder sequence that's time to go mm. out in two weeks but let's say there is a delay or there is some kind of customs clearance problem or something else that's preventing the package uh, from getting to the customer at the right time. That's when all those sequences, they still fire and you don't get any conversion to reviews. And the customer is not going to remember to leave a review, even if they have a fabulous experience or the product is awesome, but you don't ask at the right time, hmm. you don't get a review. That's right, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, what I particularly like, going back to what you said at the beginning of how you uh, launch track mages is, is the idea of identifying a problem that you had in your own business and and how you overcame that problem and that that can then be become something that would be of value to other businesses as well and using those principles so what what prompted you to kind of take that next step in taking okay we've got these systems from our own business, now let's build them out so other people can make use of them. Well, there was this customer uh, that was uh, like uh, there was the customer that I was consulting, uh, and uh, they had the problem with tracking numbers, and uh, they had the same uh, issues with uh, fulfillment that we had, where we had to track uh, if. Uh, if our supplier shipped the package at the, at the time when we needed it. Uh, and uh, we had to really basically build all the same systems for them. Mm. Well, then we decided why not uh, just build a standalone system that they can plug in uh, in their business. We will not charge them for building it, obviously, because we already have all the code and uh, other things. But this is going to be the first step to start our own software as a service. And it seemed like a very solid idea at that point. Uh, that, that customer, like the first customer, uh, we literally cater to every need, uh, so every request from them, uh, as if it was uh, a system developed specifically for them. That uh, resulted in some interesting developments, uh, and then later we just parted ways with that customer because we thought that uh, it's not going to be a mainstream product if we just cater to this specific use case. Uh, so that's when we had to step back and make it a little bit more abstract and customizable hmm. uh, so that other businesses can literally just fine-tune it uh, and make sure that it fits their model. Uh, because the business that we were building the system for, 
originally it was a dropshipping business. And dropshipping businesses, they don't have uh, the same um, the, the same uh, capacity or the same capabilities as the business with the private labels, where they have inventory, the warehouses, and multiple premises where they can ship the product from. So we had to just take a step back and redevelop some of the features. So it literally was triggered by uh, the customer and like the guiding light of like, oh, where is another business that actually has the same problems that we had in China. Mm. So let's let's just build it for them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, over the years, we have met uh, multiple different businesses and uh, adjusted the system based on the feedback. So for retailers, we discovered that the huge problem was that customers misspell their email addresses and then they don't receive any communication. They get stressed about it. They, I mean, they reach out to customer support and their record cannot even be found there because like they misspelled email. And that's how we implemented the first uh, four posts of uh, protection, uh, the validation script in the checkout, where the validation script actually checks if that email exists, uh, then uh, allow the customer to submit. But even there, uh, we had to listen to the feedback and we had to see uh, the customer behavior there. So the thing that we noticed is that the first uh, message that the script used to give was the email is invalid. That never stopped any customers. Like they meshed the submit button seven <laughs> times. It's just like, what are you saying? Like, this is real address. Like, what are you saying? But then they're just like, sorry, did you mean gmail.com? Not gmail or gmail. <laughs> like, literally, like, did you mean gmail.com? Hmm. And uh, the question mark. And then customers started noticing, like, oh, where is a typo? I need to fix the typo. And it reduced the number of attempts from seven to only two. So like, oh, uh, where is the typo? I, I fix it and I submit it. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just constantly listen to the customers. And that's what I, I was just going to emphasize that point. I said, I hope, hope our listener is paying attention to the whole philosophy behind what you've just said in that little story is constantly listening to the customers and and looking at the experience that the customer has and improving the the system from that point all right now my understanding is your team is completely remote and you actually launched the business completely remotely is that correct Yes, that's absolutely correct. Uh, because uh, prior to launching this business, uh, like in between of those like Chinese adventures <laughs> and uh, working on our own software as a service, there was this gap where we were freelancing and uh, working completely remotely before COVID, before it became mainstream or cool. <laughs> so remote work was uh, ingrained in our nature of uh, conducting business online. So that's how we started. That's how we continued, and up to this day, this is this has been the best, uh, the best for us, I guess. Hmm. And, and what are some of the particular challenges of of running a company completely remotely, particularly in the launch phase and then growing it? Um, and and how have you addressed those? Yes. All right. Uh, so the best. Uh, the best point about remote businesses or remote uh, work in general is that uh, you can hire the best talent like from all over the world. Mm. You are not uh, limited to a specific locale or you're not limited to a specific town. Uh, so if there is a specific uh, technology that you need to use, you can find a lot of specialists that uh, are professional in that technology. And you don't have to, you don't have to be stuck uh, with uh, just the local pool of candidates. But the worst part about remote businesses is that as easily as it is to hire the guys, uh, it's as easy for them to get uh, yeah. like, to go elsewhere. So they can change the job. They can like so the churn uh, for the workforce uh, is the real deal. And you have to make every effort to make sure that uh, there is somebody who is going to communicate with uh, your developers or other specialists that you hire remotely. Uh, constantly so that they don't uh, feel isolated, that they don't feel as if they're not a part of a team. Hmm. So I guess uh, for me, it wasn't that uh, big of a challenge uh, to organize the, those remote environments with uh, 
with a ticket tracker, with a chat, uh, with uh, some coordinator who is going to make sure that everyone comes to work and every once in a while does something. So uh, it wasn't a challenge just because that's exactly what I've been doing. That's what uh, my consulting was based on. So I always helped uh, businesses to structure those remote environments and uh, facilitate the team interaction. But for other businesses, I believe that could be a challenge. Uh, because when you uh, hire an employee uh, and you give them a desk and you always uh, see them in the office, it's much easier to maintain the contact. Mm. Uh, even if you don't say a word to them for the entire day, but you still see them yeah. in the office. That's what uh, just makes that reassuring um, feedback loop uh, between the boss and the employee. But then you are in a remote environment. All you can rely on is just this faith that the yeah. The employee is going to be there and they're going to do what they uh, were supposed to do. So, yeah, uh, like the upside is that like you're limited to by only the imagination and like what the market has to offer. But then the downside is that uh, you need to make sure that those people that you hire, they are there and they are diligently doing what they were supposed to do. Hmm. Yeah, and it's a delicate balance, isn't it? I know we, we have... Um... Uh, use Slack to kind of have that communication on an ongoing basis. And I always built in the idea that when you first log in in the morning, you actually say hello to everybody. And when you leave in the afternoon, you, you sort of say, okay, I'm done, I'm leaving, I'm signing off. That's the first thing, because if you're in a physical office, you would say hello greet people in the morning that you cross paths with and, and likewise in the uh, evening when you leave the workplace so uh, what, what were some of the things that you put in place to build a strong culture uh, company culture in that remote team so that there's more than just that that kind of level of communication but there's actually that feeling that you mentioned of belonging to the team well, there are multiple things that uh, we implemented. Uh, we follow Scrum methodology uh, just because for software development, uh, I believe it's one of the most optimal uh, frameworks that are available on the market. Uh, so we have multiple ceremonies. So we plan together. We make sure that we understand all the items that we are working on. Uh, so if we plan together, we build together. Hmm. So it's not something that uh, is only left to the management. So I'm not deciding what we're building. We're deciding together how we're building the things and what we are doing. And then another thing that uh, facilitates the culture is like always uh, always having those daily meetings with the camera on. Uh, because when you see another person who is a real life person on the other end of the screen, yeah. then you start to understand that it's not just some kind of remote environment where people are the avatars or the like text uh, messages in your Slack. Uh, it's much uh, more involved. Hmm. So every once in a while, we just, uh, like, I would say, not, not even every once in a while, we have daily meetings. So every day we're meeting with the team for at least 15 minutes uh, to discuss uh, everything that needs to be done uh, and uh, regroup for the tactical plan. So that facilitates uh, more engagement. Uh, and uh, I always encourage people when, whenever they have a question to not uh, wait until the next daily meeting uh, to always reach out for the chat and resolve it where and then and there. Mm. And we have the policy of open doors, let's say. Uh, if you need a meeting with somebody, you just write them a message and like, can we jump on a call? Yes, we can. Mm. And that's how, uh, that's how even in a remote environment, you basically have a typical human interaction. Yeah. That you don't need to, you don't need to really enforce. Uh, you have uh, the problem that you pose to your team, and then the team tries to solve the problem. And for that, they need to communicate. And the best means of communication is the the face to face communication with the uh, camera on. Mm. So that's how it's growing. And yeah, it starts from the management or it starts from the leaders. So if the leaders are like secluded and they only reply for messages on the chat, that's what's going to happen yeah. to the entire team because they model, they see how the boss is interacting and that's why that's, yeah. that's the thing that they are modeling. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Well, lots of 
lots of really good advice there. Um, so thanks for that, Arena. Um, this is fabulous, but I think um, looking at the clock, we could go on talking ages about all kinds of things business, but I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, our five lightning questions that I ask of every guest. And the idea is you'll give us some answers that'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. So you all yeah, set? Awesome. Yay, let's <laughs> Excellent. do it. So what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Look around and study your customers. Uh, see what the social media is uh, buzzing about. Uh, I found out that about ChatGPT <laughs> during the first week once uh, the buzz started going. Yeah, yeah. And then it just became enormous. Everyone knows about ChatGPT now. So that's how you pick up on the trends. You pick up on some changes. Uh, then th that's how you innovate. Mm. Uh, you see like this uh, great idea and you grab it first and uh, see how you can apply it to your business. Or if you cannot, then you just sit that one out and see how it plays out. Mm. Uh, I'm glad I sat uh, through the entire Web3 NFT craze. Like, because I don't understand what I would have, <laughs> yeah. I would have done if I had one of those NFT projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple of really great examples there. And the ChatGPT was one that I jumped on in the very early days. And, and what you mentioned there, it's a case of, I mean, there's a lot of talk these days about um, students using ChatGPT to cheat on exams and, and get it to write their essays for them. And, and a lot of these areas where it has limitations because uh, it, it's only based, the language model is based on information up to 2021 i think and sometimes it gets stuff wrong that's what it says yeah. like that's what it says when it doesn't want to answer the question you <laughs> yeah, restart yeah. the chat and then you put it yeah, again yeah. it's it's so, out, exactly. it, it really yeah. replies without any problems yeah. but i i looked at it and i thought you know you could ask it a very generic question and it's like rubbish in and you get rubbish out or you could um be more specific and i've been doing lots of experiments and i think hey there's this has got amazing possibilities. It's not for replacing somebody who writes a great article or for, for the student not doing their assignment, but there's other possibilities where it's wonderful. And I think uh, uh, probably NFTs is similar, although like you, I'm, I'm sitting on the sidelines of that one a bit because I don't understand it either. Yes, uh, one uh, piece of advice that I received, I, I don't remember uh, for who of, like one of the greats said that. So if you don't understand the business, don't invest. Maybe it was Warren Buffett. Like if you don't understand yeah. what it is about, like just don't. Yeah. And that's probably what saved me from NFTs because like, oh, it was so tempting <laughs> to just like pump out some pictures and then just get millions out of it. But like, well, I don't understand it well enough, so that's why uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go there. All right. Well, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Well, I guess uh, the new ideas that worked for us and uh, just increased the value of the business. Uh, that's uh, the ideas that we we collaborated with the customers on. Hmm. So the customers, they just explained like, okay, here is our use case. Here is what is bothering our customers or. Uh, here's what is bothering us. Like, how can you solve it? And customers, they don't really formulate it like that. They just say like, okay, this is not working. Mm -hmm. This is why yada, yada, yada. And I'm always just thinking like, okay, uh, you have this box mentality, like, uh, like this is your problem and you don't see the uh, way out. But then there is always out of the box solutions, like all, all those uh, other paths that you are not taking. Let's do it like this or like this, like this. So every time you're encountering a problem, there is always 177 uh, ways how you can get out of it. Hmm. And yeah, that's how we've been innovating. We yeah. just see like, we yeah. see the problem or we see the real problem hmm. that the customer is dealing with uh, and then we solve it for them uh, without having to ask them to guide us like, oh, how would you solve it for yourself? If they were capable of it, they would have solved it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So key is listening to the customer, but then being able to recognize what they don't see, which is outside the box or outside the scope of what, what they're looking at. Yeah. Well, I guess just getting to the root causes of the problem, like understanding, like maybe they're not dealing with the problem for the right reasons. 
So they shouldn't be doing it in the first place. So let's say they're dealing with Excel uh, and like in Excel, you are not able to find the, I don't know, a specific way how to sort the data. But maybe you shouldn't be solving it with an Excel spreadsheet yeah. in the first place. Maybe it's something else. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Great example. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Favorite resource for what? For ideas? Ideas, anything in, in your business, yeah. Well, I guess uh, I'm sticking around uh, social media, so my favorite resource would be LinkedIn or Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that a lot of people think that Twitter is a dumpster fire, but <laughs> it just depends on whom you follow. Yeah. Like, if you follow good people with interesting content and, uh, like, it's always like, when I open my Twitter, it's always like educational content, mm. like new ideas, something like that. It's not about just some celebrity gossip or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think I think that's the trick to all social media, isn't it? Is is um, getting the getting the right circle of contacts. Uh, the big question in my mind always, and and this is uh, Facebook is is one where I have a real bugbear with is because of the way their algorithm works and what they serve you, what they actually present in your feed. Even though I'm, I think I'm following good people, but I still get to see a lot of rubbish, yeah. a lot of noise. Well, I guess on Facebook it's different. Uh, and I've been on Facebook maybe like three or four years ago, uh, but then I just deleted the account because I no, no longer served the purpose. And just because they restricted some, for some bizarre reason, they restricted my ads account and I had to just kind of like cut, <laughs> cut that. So uh, with that said, uh, uh, Facebook is very much broken system. Hmm. Uh, like uh, I don't know what is going to happen to this company long term, but it looks like uh, they are innovating for the sake for the sake of innovating. Uh, because who asked for another redesign of all the interfaces, the admin interfaces for ads accounts? Who asked for it? <laughs> but then uh, they uh, they just rolled it out. And half of the functionality is not there. Yeah. Or uh, some of those uh, interesting cases where you change the type of the account, then you change this, change that, and then you are in a complete standstill because they have a 500 error that's preventing you from finishing the process. Mm. So uh, then you are innovating, like make sure like it's backwards compatible. Like don't do, don't do what Facebook does. They don't even have any customer support at all. Like if <laughs> yeah, you are right. having <laughs> a problem, you have nobody else to turn yeah. to. And yeah, the quality of content definitely isn't there because the content that gets popular, let's say, it's the content that like maybe is not popular for the right reason. Mm. It's just some kind of hype or some kind of uh, like not useful information. Like, be positive. <laughs> huh? <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, focus on LinkedIn and Twitter and surround yourself or follow the the people that are relevant and add value and, and, and educate. That's the message. All right. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? The best way to keep the client on track uh, and basically the project on track, I think, is proactive communication. So you need to know uh, like what the timelines are, what do you need to do, uh, what kind of uh, problems you are solving for the client. Uh, if you are in software as a service like us, uh, you need to understand that the customer is not going to stick around for two months to solve that one bug. Mm. You need to solve it right away or not solve it at all. Like it's just an executive decision that you have to make. And uh, with that said, always communicate proactively because once the customer reaches out to you once, they already made you a great gift because most of the customers were just going to silently go away mm. and not uh, indicate the issue at all. Yeah. So. Always communicate. Always make sure that they are like they are at least informed that you are working on the problem. Yeah, that that's pure gold. That what you just said there is changing your mindset of the customers complained about this particular thing in my business. That is a gift they've given me because now I have the yes. opportunity to. Now I'm aware of it. Now I have the opportunity to fix it. Reach out to that customer. Make it right for them. And then I have a fan for life. Whereas, who knows? It's not just that one customer. Yeah. It's not just that one customer. Because again, 
uh, for one customer who reaches out, there are 100 exactly. that was, in, uh, encountered yeah, it. I was going to say, how many, how many before that have just left because they thought not to take the time to inform the business about the issue they were having and they decided I'll go somewhere else because maybe I won't have the issue there. Hmm. Yes. Unfortunately, that's the truth of uh, doing business uh, in general. It's not online or offline. It's always there. Yeah. Uh, so if there is some kind of negative experience that the customer is having and you're not addressing it, and the worst case scenario, you are not even aware that mm. that's there. That's the, the killer. You, you need to always address the customer complaints and uh, make sure that uh, the actual underlying process around it uh, is fixed, not just uh, that specific case uh, for that specific customer. Because you can always just solve it with the customer to just like, I know, refund them mm. with whatever they had bought. Uh, you can apologize to them but that doesn't solve the issue that's right dig mm. deeper always mm. just solve the issue uh, not just to address the complaint excellent great advice all right finally in the buzz round what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves well to stand out just be yourself uh the, everyone else is taken yeah. like i, I would <laughs> just go uh, to that <laughs> to that quote like being yourself is very hard because we're always uh, on this constant lookout to the like next best thing, the best mm. strategy, the best uh, like I don't know, like quick fix, uh, and that's what results in uh, copycat uh, accounts, mm. copycat uh, marketing, copycat uh, businesses. But what you need to do is just to dig deeper and understand what drives you, what is your passion. Uh, and what kind of customers you actually would love to work with. Mm. Even in your current business, you could literally just do this Pareto uh, analysis of uh, what 20% of customers are resulting in like 80% of the outcome from a business. And then uh, just make some executive decisions to maybe fire the 20% that are just bothering you and they're not resulting in anything good for the business. It's always... Uh, it's always very insightful when you look at your business from the standpoint of what you actually enjoy versus what you uh, what you are stuck doing just because you are there. Mm. Uh, and uh, you think that you have to. You don't have to do anything right. if it's you your business. You have a business. choice always. It's <laughs> always a decision, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah, there's a couple of really great points there. Be yourself, but, but really know um, who your dream customers are i talk a lot about the dream customer which is is how you've put it with the 80 20 kind of pareto rule analysis and and then determining the match and what's going to be fun for you all right well thanks Irina. this has been really fabulous now where can people find out more about the work you do about track mage about you and maybe even get in touch and say thanks for what you've shared I believe the best place would be to f find us on social media, uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, so when you type TrackMage, you will see the company and then you will find me uh, because my uh, surname is unpronounceable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe in the show notes, you can we just click the link. link and, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, and when it comes to the business itself, TrackMage.com is the best place. Uh, come to our website. We have some cool animations on the <laughs> landing page and then uh, like through all this entertainment you can schedule a demo and see how the solution works for your business or if it doesn't uh, and you can always start the free trial yourself and uh, just just explore and see how the system works so for any e-commerce entrepreneur or any e-commerce business in general or if you're a consultant for one of those businesses check it out because uh, customer journey matters and uh, the communication gaps uh, they either get filled by you or they get filled by the customer reaching out to your customer support. Hmm. So uh, you you will never have a communication gap for too long. Or sometimes they get filled with like refund requests. So that's yeah. the last thing you want to happen in your business. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we also have a free resource uh, called uh, how to get uh, 5 to 10% extra sales from existing customers uh, without paying for ads or hiring more staff. Uh, this one uh, is available at trackmage.com slash flywheel-extra-sales. Uh, you can get there and uh, 
download it. Uh, it has very good points on how to transform your uh, funnel, uh, the finite outcome, into a flywheel, uh -huh. the, the infinite outcome, where the customer is just sticking with the business for life. Yeah, I love it. I love the flywheel. That's part of um, our business as well, the whole flywheel concept. So thanks. Irina, now finally, before we wrap up, uh, what action would you like our listener to take from our conversation today? Yeah, well, the best action that uh, the business could do uh, is just to look at their existing customer journey uh, and see where they are currently losing customers or they have any problems. Uh, because there are a lot of uh, friction and acceleration points in the customer journey. So once you start looking at it, uh, you can apply even the data-driven decisions uh, to understand how you can make it better. And every time you improve uh, your customer journey at least by 5%, you have tremendous impact on uh, everything down the line. Like the closer it is to the beginning, uh, the more impact usually that has. So yeah, like there are a lot of uh, things that you could do to imp improve your customer journey. Uh, and make sure that they have the best uh, like pre-purchase experience and post-purchase mm. experience so that they are like surrounded and they have no way out of your <laughs> business. They just continue yeah. sticking around and buying, buying. Love it. Yeah. So have a look at the customer experience and, and, and a good exercise is actually to be a customer of your own business. Act like a customer of your own business and see what happens. Like uh, sign up, buy, sign up for whatever you're offering, buy whatever it is if you're an e-commerce thing and, and just experience what happens. Because I'm uh, surprised some of the things that I go through, I think nobody in that company has ever actually gone through this process. Because <laughs> if they had, they'd be, they it wouldn't be like this. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well, for I, I could just... Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to share like one of those nightmare experiences. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, like I, I'm just trying to buy, uh, let's say a thing. And then I have to fill in the entire form. Like I, I know that most of the businesses were getting rid of all those forms, like your business name, your uh, phone number, your this, your that. Like that conversion is like with every field that you add to that form, like your conversion rate is dropping mm. like by the like by the minute <laughs> by the second yeah yeah just like eliminate some of those fields like all you need really is just the customer's email and their name to start the conversation mm. you can ask about everything else later, later. you exactly. don't have to ask yeah. about everything up front yeah yeah that's another yeah. great bit of advice yeah well thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us today on the innova buzz podcast arena i've really enjoyed the conversation and I'm sure there's lots of takeaways that our listener will will take away and hopefully implement some things in their business. So all the best for the future and please do stay in touch. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation thoroughly because this stuff is very important, uh, but uh, businesses, they just focus on like, oh, let's drive more traffic. <laughs> uh, let's not think about what we do with that traffic. Like we just need more traffic. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thanks. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging and informative conversation with Irina and took something away from her episode. I invite you now to look at your existing customer journeys, analyze them and find out where you're currently losing customers, where there are barriers, hurdles, where problems are arising. Identify those friction points and also look at the acceleration points where you can supercharge the customer journey in the interests of your customers. Identify and act on any improvement opportunities that you identify. Take action, of course. The best way to do this, I find, is to actually be your own customer. Go through one of the journeys, go through several of the journeys as if you were a customer. Don't make assumptions that customer knows what to do at each stage. Go through as if you didn't know the process. I think you'll be surprised at what you might find. 
It's a good way to identify where issues are, where things are annoying because you have to enter your email three times during the process or something like that. Identify those things, improve them, and you'll find that by just a little improvement, you can have an amazing impact on the customer experience for your customers. Irena's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Irena P. That is I-R-I-N-A-P. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Irena P. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Irena, as well as links to the TrackMage website, to Irena's social media pages, and to the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. Are you loving this episode? Well, if you are, don't keep it to yourself. Share this amazing conversation with that one person who you think will benefit from it. You'll be doing them a favour, trust me. And while you're at it, make sure to get the episode bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. By doing that, you'll not only have a permanent record of the show, but 50% of the revenue we generate from that will go directly to Irina as the guest of this episode. It's a great way to support Irina and show some love for her amazing insights. The other 50% goes towards supporting the show, so you're helping us to keep the lights on too. Let's spread the love and inspiration. Irina suggested we have a conversation with John Ivanko of Form Toro and Timur Eli Gulashvili of Logistics Remix on future Innova Buzz podcast episodes. So, John and Timur, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Irina Podubnaya. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Now remember too to go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel to collect your unique digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community where you'll have direct access to our amazing podcast guests as well as to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.